I'm Aaron Breen, and this is Aaron's Eye. It's a look at life in Ireland through the eyes of abroad abroad. <laughs> That's me. I've been here just over two years now, which I realize isn't all that long, but I can tell you that the best discoveries here are the ones you just stumble upon. Sure, and there are pubs and castles and musicians everywhere you look here, but it's the Irish adventures, the living history, the Celtic culture, and the true ingenuity of the people who live here that make this such a magical place. So welcome to my view from Aaron's Isle. Hear that? It sounds like Ireland, doesn't it? Like Ireland long, long ago. It's an ancient Irish harp. And no one knows ancient Irish harps better, inside and out, than Natalie Serena. Born in Russia, she's now a resident expert on ancient Irish harps. She was already here studying Irish culture when the harps called her. Now she studies them, plays them, and recreates them in historic perfection in a workshop that takes up the second story of her house. This is how it starts. That's how the carving starts. That's already getting there. Oh, yeah, there's another example of nearly finished one. I've always been fascinated with Celtic designs and all that, you know, and how they were made how they were designed and because it's there is a certain sort of so it's it's an art but it's the sort of geometrical art so there is a certain there are certain rules of how they were created it's it's like it's like a puzzle you know which you try to to uh, to solve when they come to you do they say i want Three Celtic knots and a salmon head? Or? Sometimes they do, yeah. Sometimes they say, I want certain carvings. Sometimes people say, no, I want... Japanese people don't like anything customized. They say, oh, no, I just want a plain harp. Mm-hmm. Um, Europeans like them sort of more customized and they want to, yeah, something more individual or more traditional. That's a fun part. I love this this bit when you just make. That's pretty. When you carve and then something appears from a block of wood, you can mm-hmm. see a shape and then the head, you know, like like a little animal, and you can touch it. <laughs> These harps were originally they were played with nails, but in 1792 there was only one person who was hundred and three or 110 years old, who actually played this, his harp with nails. It's in your fingernails? Yeah, fingernails, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it was Dennis Hampson. They said that he played it in the old-fashioned manner. So the rest were playing playing their harps with finger pads. And that was pretty much the last, um, so the last gathering of the old harpers. So, 
Well, that's what uh, the Harps, Historical Harp Society of Ireland is trying to do to commission as many reconstructions as possible from different harp makers and get as many copies of those old harps as possible and then try to play them, try to figure out how they were played. You know, so this is that they're all just trying to research how it was done. She is an important part of that team. My role in this to figure out how they were made. So they fi- try to figure out how they were played, and I'm figuring out how they were made. So yeah, it's 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 like a detective story, you know, because yeah, you try to yeah, you just try to learn from yeah. evidences, and then you you experiment in the workshop. You try to use different tools, you diff- different techniques, and try to reconstruct as as close to the original as possible. Every harp has its own personality and look and feel. And Natalie says it takes a good year for a harp's real voice to come out. Natalie lives and works in a town called Uchterard, not far from Galway. And between Uchterard and Galway is another little town called Moycullen. Now that's home to another big talent for the future. Lindsay DeBurka, whose looks can be deceiving. I mean, she is a tiny redhead. She's bubbly, friendly, and artistic. She has two young children, a workshop in her garden, and a huge following. She's an award-winning jewelry designer with big ideas, a ton of ambition, and a lot of cool tools like forges and sanding wheels and hammers. Always use the same one because it's my favorite hammer. Everything I make is sterling silver, handmade. And I use really old techniques as well. I'm a devil for embracing technology. Everything starts off in the simple, simple circle ring. Getting to jewelry as her focus with her art took a while. Yeah, I was always really inquisitive. And uh, when we were younger, my sister loved, loved her Barbies and her dolls. And what I loved doing was actually making the shops. And uh, at that stage, I wanted, like, my spiel was when I was, like, 10. It's like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I want to be an architect. And then that moved on to interior design. And then when I got into college, I think at that stage, I wanted to do graphic design. Then I was like, oh, you know, I'll do ceramics. You get to do, like, blocks of everything. Two weeks of this, two weeks of that, two weeks of that, which was brilliant. Um, oh, I wanted to do sculpture, sculpture as well. That was short-lived. And then we did metals. And I was like, oh, I like, I like this. This this is class. This is good. So jewelry it was, and still is. And you know what? She still casts a pretty wide net with that, too. I mean, she makes... Necklaces, pendants, earrings, bracelets. Yeah, yeah. Because, like so many artists, she waits for her creations to talk to her. Most of the time, it's not until you get the piece of metal into your hand and you kind of just you just feel it. You know, and it just, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to explain. You just kind of, you just start playing with it. So I put, put it on the steel stake with my hammer and literally I'm going to hammer it and soften it and anneal it into, or not anneal it, soften it and uh, forge it into a perfect oval shape. Then I'm going to, literally, sorry for the technical terms, squish it. <laughs> and I'm going to pop it through my rotor mill behind you there. So I grew up beside a pier near near Convaran, south in South Galway, and everything about that has always inspired my work, such as lobster pots, ropes, chains, fishing nets. That all really really inspires me. So like I have a thing about links and chains. 
I love to make a big chain necklace, like big and dramatic. You know, I, I was I was a finalist a few times um, in the Irish Fashion Innovation Awards. So the pieces you make have to be really good on the catwalk. You know, they need to be like really stand out. So yeah. I've made some really big pieces, and oh god, I loved them. Oh, I, I just it's to be able to do the big pieces. It's just kind of it's just giving you free reign. So each piece is different, but you'll know that every one of them is made by Lindsay DeBerka. What I do is on the links that I make, I keep the outer edge really rough, and then the other, the um, the inner edge, I give it a good high polish finish, so it's really good contrast. The roughness kind of illustrates the roughness of the rocks along the west coast, and then the stillness of the, of the water with a nice high polish finish. And she does have to be focused with her work schedule. You know, she's got two young children, so it's a constant balancing act. You know, I'd come out, I, I get a good block of work done between six and seven in the morning. And I don't know what it is about that hour. It just, I get so much done. Um, I might get an hour or two done in the mid-morning. And then nap time, I get a good two, three hours done. I might get another hour doing emails at in the afternoon. And then seven o'clock, I'm back working again. So it's that constant juggle. So Are you like, ever walking down the street and you see one of your necklaces and go, oh, yeah, 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 that's really cool. Yeah, is it? yeah, it's really cool when that happens, and you just kind of go, "Ooh, that's one of my babies." I, I, I always just go, Ooh, "That's mine." She even saw one of her necklaces on a CNN anchor woman on TV. You can find Lindsay DeBerka Creations at Kilkenny Design and in a lot of other fine jewelry stores throughout Ireland. And you can find out how this musician is using a traditional instrument in a non-traditional way, and why after the break. Where I want to thank my sponsors for their unconditional support. Harp Technologies, connecting leaders in medical technology to fuel the future of that industry in Galway. They see the right pairings for success, and then they see those relationships through. That's Harp Technologies, Ireland. St. Ives Florist in Reno, Nevada, where creativity and quality are always the most important elements in every arrangement they create. It's a family-run business with a flair for art and a business with heart. That's St. Ives Florist on Wells Avenue in Reno. And the Muscarie Arms in Blarney Village. A short walk to the Blarney Castle and a world away from city life. The Muscarie Arms is a family-run business, too, that involves businesses in Blarney and pubs all the way across the Atlantic in New York as well. That's the Muscarie Arms. This is Terrence Stakem. He's one of many, many buskers playing the streets of Galway. I'm 21 years old and I'm from here in Galway. And I've been busking on Shop Street now for three years, doing uh, what I call lap style. He's an Irish talent with a whole new approach to what he does. That is a guitar that he's playing, just in a very different kind of way. And it's just a unique method of guitar, which involves playing it flat on your lap rather than the, using the traditional method. He calls it lap style guitar. Lap style. It's like a, it's like slide guitar. 
and finger style guitar kind of combined, but you're not using a slide, so it's just lap style. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm basically just like playing it like it's a piano on a drum kit at the same time. It's a lot more percussive than traditional playing. Just listen to the harmonics. Because there's plucking, there's guitar in there, kind of finger style stuff too. Yeah, I'm, I'm just just uh, having good crack. And is it just all free flow, just whatever you feel It like is plucking? very improvisational, yes. But it's helping me progress. I'm, I have two songs now, and I'm hoping to start working on number three and then get an EP going. I did start off playing traditionally. I've been playing guitar since I was 12 years old, and I've been doing this the past three years. I honestly learned from my friend, Keith Kenny. He is phenomenal. I, I learned from him. He started teaching me three years ago, and I've just been having fun with it ever since. You can tell that just by watching him. He uses his fingers and the palms of his hands and his elbows. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. It's been, it's been, it's been keeping me tipped in the past three years. So <laughs> it's good living the dream. This way, got brought abroad is brought to you by IrishCreation.com, educating the world on Ireland's traditions and magical charm, and offering those with Irish heritage a way to celebrate your culture today and for generations to come. It's all through the high-quality Irish jewelry delivered to your door. You can see how their creations reflect heritage and style at irishcreation.com. I've always been one of those people who was never quite in step with those around me. As one of six kids, I guess I did learn pretty early on that sometimes you've got to be drastic to be noticed. I did that by choosing the drums <laughs> instead of a more common choice for a school band instrument of, say, maybe a flute or a clarinet. No, it had to be the drums. Oh, it got me noticed. But I never really fit in as an athlete or a brain or a bookworm or even a traditional sorority sister. None of it was really me. After a while, I stopped trying to fit in. It wasn't until I actually went to college, planning to study music, that I found some new dreams to chase. It was a career in television. seemed logical to me. I'd be able to use storytelling and music somehow together. I mean, I really thought that could be a thing in TV. Get this, for my first job, I was offered a chance to tell stories and to use my own music in them if I wanted to on the weekends, if I'd do the weather for them during the week. Something I didn't know anything about, but of course, I said I could surely do the weather. I had to go to the weather bureau in town every day to make them explain the weather 
to me so I could regurgitate it on the evening news. This is the prime edition of KLO Eyewitness News. You know what? It gave me an in to use my own music and tell some stories. Vice President Dick Cheney visits the biggest little city. I enjoyed my career in television, from the reporting to the anchoring to the hardcore politics I covered in later years. Those stories and more on this Tuesday, August 29, 2006. But I never quite fit in there either. Never quite looked the part for TV. But I did make up for that with creativity and drive. And of course, you are up to date, and I am really out of time this time. Stay tuned for Scott Pelley and the CBS Evening News. Recognizing it was time for a change, I've also enjoyed going back to school, learning some new skills, and now telling stories through audio with this podcast. I've been lucky to find a path that has allowed me to do the only two things I know I'm good at, and that's telling stories and raising kids. And while I'll keep on searching for the other important things in life, you know, like financial success, love, I'd say this Broad Abroad has had a pretty successful run. At my own pace, in my own direction, and pretty much on my own terms. Like a Russian-born ancient Irish harp specialist, a tiny red-headed artist making big news with chunky Irish jewelry, and a young musician using his guitar in a completely different way in Galway. Sometimes you really have to create your own path to your own passion. Before we go, I want to tell you about a couple of other listening options for all you fans of the real Ireland. Keol FM is an internet radio station out of Drogheda, where you can find top-quality traditional Celtic music 24 hours a day in a number of streams, so you can always find exactly what suits your mood. That's Keol FM, C-E-O-L dot F-M. And once a week, you can listen to Mark Gunn's Irish and Celtic music podcast for an hour of award-winning Celtic music. His music is mixed in there with other Irish jewels that he curates every week. You can find him at CelticMusicPodcast.com. Check them both out. And if you want to be a part of Aaron's Isle or have a story you'd like to hear, contact me at AaronMeehanBreen.com. You'll find pictures of Natalie and her harps, Lindsay and her jewelry, and Taryn and his guitar there as well. And I do hope to find you back here for the next episode of Aaron's Isle, an international venture looking out for adventures you don't want to miss. Hi, I'm Jim from Minneapolis, home of the Mall of America. Hi, I'm Sinead from Mayo, the holiest county in Ireland, home to Grofadrig and to Tanakh. I'm John Kennedy from Castletown Gagan in County Westmead. Castletown Gagan is called after the Mac Gagan clan and we live in the dead centre of Ireland. Hi, I'm Una, I'm from Galway, home of the Cladder Ring. I'm Sheila from Dingle, home of the Dingle Dolphin Fungi. Reminding you that Erin's Isle is a Blue Dragonfly production. All rights reserved. Cheers. 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 Cheers.